Are you ready to take your leadership and your organization to the next level and beyond? Your competitors will be there before you know it. Today's leaders must perpetually innovate, evolve, and grow faster than the competition. Welcome to Innovative Leaders Driving Thriving Organizations with Maureen Metcalf. In the next hour, you'll meet innovative leaders who have become successful at the helm of some of the most respected organizations in the world. And you can become the next big success story. Now, here's your host, Maureen Metcalf. Hi, welcome to Innovative Leaders Driving Thriving Organizations. I'm your host, Maureen Metcalf. I'm the founder and CEO of the Innovative Leadership Institute, formerly Metcalf & Associates. I work with leaders and their organizations to identify the trends that will most likely disrupt their business and develop business strategies and business and leadership practices to leverage those trends to create strategic advantage and sustainable organizations. I'm a regular contributor to Forbes and the lead author on an award-winning book series focusing on innovating how you lead and transforming your organization. I'm also an adjunct faculty member in universities in the U.S. and Germany. I am delighted that today on the show are Tom Grody and Rick Neal. Rick is a former relief worker, an advocate, and activist who recently completed a campaign for Congress in Ohio. Tom is a global entrepreneur, activist, and part of an Ohio-based business family. He's also a nonprofit leader in the LGBTQ community. So in addition to sharing models on our show and experiences, I invite you to take something away from each show that will update the way you think about leadership and the way you perform as a leader based on what we're talking about. So today what we're focusing on is looking at the challenges we see in the world and how do we know where to focus our energies. So many of us as leaders look around and are displeased with something or another, and for some of us displeased with a lot of things. (laughs) And the question is, where do I invest my small amount of energy that isn't spent on my job to impact the world in a positive way? So... Tom and Rick are going to talk about their experience recently, both as activists and then recently Rick running for Congress, answering that call. What are the invitations in your life? And when we say yes to one, how does that change the long-term arc of our lives? And who do we inspire based on those choices we make, even though we may make a choice that we don't anticipate the short-term outcome that we would have hoped, but we know that we're making an investment in creating a foundation for something that will inspire us and our family long term. So with that long introduction, welcome. Mm. And tell us a little bit about who you are and what got you here. Well, thank you, Maureen, for for inviting uh, us on. Um, It's a really great opportunity. You know, uh, as you mentioned around uh, politics and leadership, there was sort of an awakening for me in in 2016 after the uh, election of of Donald Trump to the U.S. presidency. Uh, You know, Tom and I had been involved in politics as donors, as activists, as volunteers, but always sort of on the sidelines. Um, We had busy lives, uh, you know, and and I was uh, sort of finishing up several years as a stay-at-home dad 
bad. But it wasn't until after the election that I thought uh, I felt very firmly that Donald Trump was a, a threat, not just to the United States and our democracy, but uh, to the world. And I figured I had to do something. And when you talked about, uh, you know, in the intro about how do you decide, you know, what to mm-hmm. do with your small amount mm-hmm. of time and effort, I think where you start is you have to figure out exactly, you know, well, what is it that you want to do? Where What is your specific objective? So I want to add something. You were a stay-at-home dad, but there was a health crisis in Africa, mm-hmm. and you went as an aid worker. Yes, that's that. my, my career was in uh, humanitarian relief. I was mm-hmm. a volunteer with the United States Peace Corps for five years right mm-hmm. out of college and turned that into a career in public health and worked in Asia and Africa uh, working with nonprofits on, on relief uh, projects mm-hmm. with refugees uh, and displaced people. And so, yeah, it's true that uh, even after I moved to Columbus uh, back in 2007 and, and we got married, I uh, was at home raising our kids. I did sort of keep an eye on things. And four years ago when the Ebola epidemic broke out in West Africa, I went and worked mm-hmm. there for a month. Mm-hmm. So again, I guess you say stay-at-home dad and... And yet there are still points in time where you also contribute using your professional background. Yes, that was important to me, especially when I mm-hmm. saw, uh, you know, a threat that it was as clear mm-hmm. as Ebola was, where mm-hmm. and where I also had a professional background mm-hmm. where I could could mm-hmm. help. Um, and so that was, you know, again, deciding what is it that I want to do? What, mm-hmm. What's the need? And then mm-hmm. what can I bring to it? And that was the same feeling about getting involved in this congressional race. So I keep going back to the Ebola thing, mainly because it tells our listeners and tells me about your character. Mm. So you had kids at home. And your choice to go to Africa wasn't received well by our community, by everyone. A few people, they, if you remember, what's interesting mm. about that is that uh, it was very similar to the um, to, to what happened just a few weeks ago when we heard a lot about this um, this caravan mm-hmm. of uh, of migrants making their way through uh, Central America to to mm-hmm. threaten the United States, and it was apocalyptic. Mm-hmm. And of course, mm-hmm. we haven't heard anything since the election. And there's something similar <laughs> happened four years ago in the 2014 midterms, where you know there were politicians, Chris Christie in New Jersey. Um, you know, stirring up a lot of fear and anxiety around Ebola because it was helping them politically. Um, and I saw that and I wanted mm-hmm. to push back against that as well as go mm-hmm. and, and, and help. So part of my going to Liberia uh, and to Monrovia in 2014 was also about being mm-hmm. uh, public and open about that and about, you know, how uh, <laughs> that people didn't need to freak out. Mm-hmm. Uh, as much about Ebola that we just needed to look at it from a scientific point of view and, and um, mm-hmm. deal with it as a public health problem. Because you have two young kids. Mm-hmm. And at that point, they were talking about 30-day quarantines when you came back. Uh, yes. There, yeah. <laughs> yes. So it just, I, I remember how much of a risk you took to do that or what appeared to be a risk. Right. And that and that's the point. I mean, you so you look at the you look at the facts and you you weigh the mm-hmm. risks and I had mm-hmm. to do that all the time in my job, you know, in humanitarian relief. You you assess and, and mm-hmm. risk all the time mm-hmm. uh, because you're often working in um, you know, uh, conflict zones or some mm-hmm. insecure areas. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, that was just part of it, but I, I thought it was important that folks see uh, somebody that they knew mm-hmm. from school mm-hmm. from the community mm-hmm. weigh those risks and make the choice to go and and mm-hmm. be able to stay safe and come home and everything mm-hmm. was fine mm-hmm. um, and and sort of put that up against the hype and the hysteria mm-hmm. and deal with that because I think that that is something that we're going to be called on to do more and more uh, you know as we move forward and as politicians grow adept at mm-hmm. uh, stoking fear and prejudice mm-hmm. and hysteria mm-hmm. for personal political mm-hmm. gain uh, which we've been seeing a lot of the last two years and so I wanted to raise that just as we get to know you as our listeners listen to you I want them to know 
the broader picture of who you are and what do you stand for as we're talking about making choices. Mm-hmm. And Tom, you and I have been friends for a decade or decades? Something like that, I think, yeah. So tell us a little bit about who you are as a person. Well, I would say probably a central thing in my life that has brought me to a point where I needed to make clear choices Mm -hmm. uh, is being gay. Mm -hmm. And I struggled with it a lot early on in my life. I came out rather late in life relative to folks today. <laughs> it what, seems what like folks late? come out at 12 now. <laughs> uh, in my late, in my mid-20s. Okay. Um, so it was post-college. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, I tried very hard uh, to, to kind of not make that choice. And I discovered, mm-hmm. of course, that it isn't really a choice. And the choice is whether or not you're going to be honest with who you are. Mm-hmm. So I went through quite a, a personal struggle. And that's been, that's kind of led me, overcoming that has kind of led me um, into making some really kind of choices that uh, really led me to meet Rick, actually, mm-hmm. eventually, and uh, led me to meet you, Maureen. <laughs> I would say I'll, I'll give an example of a, of a time where something external happened, and that was in 2004. There was a, an amendment in Ohio and all over the country to make it illegal for people of the same gender to get married, and we had that. On, there was a ballot initiative mm-hmm. uh, here in Ohio, and uh, for the first time, as an openly gay man at the time, I, I saw neighbors and family members vote against my right to get married. And uh, a lot of my friends were pretty upset by that, as was I. Mm-hmm. And out of that came a choice to start getting much more active and organizing. And I was one of the founders of a statewide LGBTQ organization called Equality Ohio. And uh, reached out to my friends and asked them to help me. And you were one of them. <laughs> which is how we met. <laughs> and that really changed things for me dramatically and actually led to me to get much more active. And because of that, I was in Washington, D.C. one wonderful weekend and met my <laughs> husband-to-be. Uh, so so anyway, I, that's a lot of my background, but I also am really mm-hmm. a businessman and grew up in a business family making a, actually a restaurant, a small restaurant chain of pizza restaurants. And so I made a lot of pizzas. And so I grew up in that environment and then have been involved with lots of kind of small startups and uh, help scale those. And so I'd say I'm a businessman and an activist. Wonderful. Thank you. So the question being, how do you decide where to invest your energy? Because running businesses and running families and volunteering globally, you don't have a lot of spare time. So how do you make those decisions? And what's what's up for you both now? What's interesting? What's interesting is I think, first of all, we're in a, we've been in a position, because I have done well in, in my business career, to have uh, some choices to invest more time in some certain things, different mm-hmm. things. But I would say that uh, I would say that what I find interesting is I think both of us have been in these situations where we kind of get pissed off (laughs) by something that happened. And Mm -hmm. in my case, I got mad about uh, this uh, marriage ban. Mm -hmm. Did that pass? It did, didn't it? It did. Um, And I was just mad. (laughs) I think we were watching. I think we were all together watching. I think you were with us when we watched the results come in for that. And my goodness, it was a kick in the stomach. And, you know, you reach those points where, well, what can I do about it? Mm Mm-hmm. And we decided to start an LGBT, statewide LGBT organization, because there was not one. So I think we've had, Rick and I both have that in common, I think, where things have happened. And we 
reach these points where you're like, my God, we have to do something. And the question is, what do you do and how does it impact, you know, yourself and your family? Having married, you know, Rick and, and, and we have two children, uh, some of the decisions he made were very impactful to our family. <laughs> and uh, I just to talk a little bit about the last one, I mean, mm. running for Congress was a huge commitment for the whole family, mm-hmm. um, anyone who's ever done it. And that was, uh, you know, we had we had a lot of discussion around that, but it really changed the dynamics in our family quite a bit. So many of our listeners have no idea what a congressional run means to a family. Can you tell us a little bit about what that looks like? It's not just putting out some yard signs and Rick goes on a bus and talks to people. It's a complete family involvement, twenty four seven. Yeah, sure. Just I mean, just from the campaign. Uh, standpoint. So I started working full time on thinking about the campaign on, on getting ready in the summer of uh, 2017. So uh, m- maybe a year and a half ago. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, the girls were both in school full time. Tom was making a transition away from his work. And so we were sort of covered at the house, you know, and with the girls, although it was, a you know, that that first summer was was funny for the uh, girls. It was a big shift. It was a big <laughs> shift. And, the, you know, and the girl, you know, here I had been responsible for, for a lot and suddenly Tom was. And for the girls, it was a little confusing. But mm-hmm. the timeline is, that, you know, so, I mean, you know, that, that spring and summer of 2017, I was working on looking into it and figuring out how it would be done. And then, you know, I, I formally launched in mm-hmm. August of 17. And then it's full days of raising money. You know, a congressional race, uh, you know, in the United States, if you want to do it seriously, is no joke. You know, in a, a normal race, you would raise two, maybe three million dollars, um, all for advertising on TV and radio and, and online. And, uh, you know, I didn't do um, I wasn't able to raise that much, but I worked mm-hmm. at it every day, uh, mm-hmm. all day, um, just sitting in a room with staff, calling people, asking for money. And then, you know, maybe going out to an event at night. And then certainly... Every as, night. Well, not not every night at first, but certainly okay. as time progressed, there was a, there's a, this, it's a two-stage election. There's a primary, mm-hmm. um, you know, there was a primary in my case in the spring uh, where, uh, you know, each party has to figure out who their nominee is going to mm-hmm. be. And then, uh, and then, of course, the general, which was two weeks ago today. And so definitely, you know, in these last few months, really, yeah, I, I was away you know, most nights uh, working on weekends. And then uh, there was also a financial uh, commitment on our part where, you know, we wanted to make sure that the campaign had the money that uh, we thought it needed. So we, mm-hmm. were, we were contributing ourselves um, the money. So, yeah, commitment of time, commitment of money, um, disruption to the family. Tom could not have been more supportive. I was very, very lucky. Thank you. With that, we're going to go on break, and we will be right back. For our listeners, I encourage you to think about What stands out to you in your life that is worth your investment of time and money in a way that will change you for the better and make those around you happy? Happy to say this is my spouse or my son or daughter or mom or dad. You know, the kids will look back on this and they may not remember much, Mm. but they'll be proud of you. We assume. (laughs) We hope. (laughs) So we will be right back. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. 
Metcalf and Associates is your trusted partner to create perpetual innovation and evolution in your leadership and business. Are you ready to innovate and evolve? Since its inception, Metcalf and Associates has been dedicated to helping leaders evolve their leadership mindset and skills and create organizations that can continually innovate to achieve results in a highly competitive and rapidly changing environment. We help leaders, management teams, and organizations identify and create the perpetual capacity to identify and implement transformative solutions necessary to meet their mission and create strategic advantage. Metcalf & Associates offers proven results backed by leading-edge research and a global network of accomplished consultants and thought leaders. Visit Metcalf-Associates.com. Maureen and her associates are ready to discuss your needs and tailor a solution to meet your goals. Move forward with Metcalf & Associates. Visit Metcalf-Associates.com today. We hear it and read about it every day in the news. America is heading over a fiscal cliff. Home prices are still receding and unemployment growing. How can you preserve and increase your wealth in this kind of economy? Tune in to Turning Hard Times into Good Times with host Jay Taylor. Jay will explain the decline of our monetary system and the economy and will give you winning investment ideas and the tools to protect and increase your wealth. Turning Hard Times into Good Times with Jay Taylor can be heard Tuesdays at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, 12 noon Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Have you become a member yet? Sign up now to become a member of Voice America. It's always free and easy. Plus, you get to take advantage of some great member benefits. Get unlimited access to millions of hours of on-demand content across all of our channels. Keep track of your favorite episodes, shows, and hosts in your own customizable library. Find out what shows you might be interested in based on your favorites. Plus, you get insider access with our newsletter. Membership gives you more. Sign up at voiceamerica.com and click register at the top right. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. You are listening to Innovative Leaders Driving Thriving Organizations. To reach Maureen Metcalf or her guest today, please call 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. Or send an email to info at metcalf-associates.com. Now, back to this week's program. Welcome back to Innovative Leaders Driving Thriving Organizations. I'm your host, Maureen Metcalf. I am with Rick Neal and Tom Grody, and we're talking about where do you invest your talent and treasure in a way that inspires you and improves the world in which we live. So Rick talked a little bit about his commitment to the election and time investment, which changed your life as well. So Tom, tell us a little bit about how that impacted you immediately during the 18 months, but it's also going to open and and potentially close doors as you go forward. And you said during break, mostly open doors, but it, it does, in the intro, we talked about the arc of your life, and this changes it from where you were. Yeah, it was, uh, it was intense, him running, and it was also fun. Okay. We, as a family, just completely kind of wrapped ourselves around the election. We did parades. We (laughs) canvassed. We went to events. A lot of social media, too. Mm -hmm. And, of course, uh, we put up TV ads with our whole family. That was significant. 
to do that. It's the first time it's ever happened in Ohio where a gay family has been in any sort of political ad in a positive way. Mm -hmm. We were amazed. We put those ads up and it was kind of a testament to how much things have changed for the better Mm -hmm. for families like ours. Rick's district is incredibly diverse, rural, urban, suburban, different parts of the district took Mm -hmm. to that ad differently, (laughs) but mostly good. And we have, and I think one of the most encouraging things for us was there were so many folks that came up to us in all parts of the district Mm -hmm. and small towns Mm -hmm. and in suburbs and all over the place and commented on this ad and thanked us Mm -hmm. for putting ourselves out there. But it's just, it was just amazing. And just a, just a decade ago in our Mm -hmm. same district, the Ohio Republican Party was putting out mailers that was really pretty much gay bashing in a very shameful, terrible way. And we have copies of those ads to this day because I pull them out every once in a while. <laughs> well, so it was so, not only illegal to get married, you also couldn't adopt. That's right. Both of us could not adopt. We had, we of course, we've adopted both our children who are nine and six now. We had to decide which one of us could be the legal father. Mm-hmm. Uh, because um, you had to be a married couple to adopt, and, and we you, weren't allowed to get married. To get married, yeah. So we were in that situation as well, yeah. So things have changed. I mean, of course, now we are legally married. We've le- both legally adopted our children, but the campaign for us was a family investment mm-hmm. uh, in time, energy, but also emotionally, it was quite an investment for us. So say more. I, I know watching campaigns, the negativity that we see would for me be just crippling. I, I don't think I would choose to do that. So so again, I really applaud the courage it takes to go through that process. Well, that that was what everybody said oh, when I was talking about getting mm-hmm. into it. They say, oh, this, you know, this is going to be so, uh, there's all the negativity and, and it, mm-hmm. it takes a lot of courage. And I'm not sure that I can say that that was my experience. I was in a very particular situation where my opponent decided he didn't need to air negative advertisements against me. Oh, that's wonderful. I think he was looking at his numbers and he felt like he was in a good enough position. Mm -hmm. He also is developing a brand around civility. And Mm -hmm. so he didn't want to do anything to, to damage that. And so I got off easy. But politics ain't beanbag. You know, you, and at the end of the day, this, this thing about this thing about courage and getting hurt. I mean, I asked myself, I said, "What's the worst that could happen?" Honestly, mm-hmm. honestly, what's somebody calls me names, somebody gets mad at me in the street, somebody writes something mean about me on Facebook. No, the worst thing that could it happen, all happened, it, but very, but very little, but very, very little. And then the thing is, too, is a lot of people were worried about the kids. They said, "Well, you know, the kids might hear something at school." Mm-hmm. I guess, but I mean, you know, They're resilient. I, well, not only that, but we, I mean, the folks that we know at school are pretty decent people, you know, I mean, it's not mm-hmm. like, and I wasn't going to be out there, you know, slinging the mud either. So there was a lot of fear from others okay, about it, but I was pretty sure that it was going to be fine. And it was fine. We did have a, you know, we, we, it was a, it was a pretty positive experience and, and we lost Okay, I mean, mm-hmm. that's no fun. It's no fun to lose, but it was it was a very difficult race to get into. But I did it for very specific reasons, um, you know, to to be a strong advocate 
for communities in this district that have been left behind to push back against what's happening in politics in the United States right now, to stand up and speak out and show folks in power that they can't just do whatever they want and get away without being challenged. I mean, there were a lot of reasons to do it. And so I kept my eye on that ball. And mm-hmm. I was lucky, you know, like I said earlier, that Tom mm-hmm. and his entire family trusted me um, mm-hmm. that everything was going to be okay. Well, and, and interesting as you are talking about this, that while you, quote, lost mm-hmm. this race, mm-hmm. you've launched now a very different career than you had. And this arc of your life will now be different, as will the girls, as will Tom's. Mm-hmm. So let's talk a little bit about that. Because, you know, as people think about things we take the risk of pursuing, especially if the probability of winning or success is low, how do we navigate that? One of the people I interviewed was buried in an avalanche. He was a, mm. a ski guide, buried and lost seven people. And so he talked about overcoming failure. In his case, it was a clear failure, even though he was the assistant guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and almost cost him his own life. Those times where we don't accomplish the goal we're shooting for are often those that define our character and really give us the springboard to move forward and make a much bigger impact than had we had a traditional small wins Mm -hmm. throughout the course of our life. So I'm curious how this loss. Mm -hmm. Well, if I can relate Mm -hmm. it back to my, my past work, humanitarian relief work is (laughs) humanitarian relief work is, is very, um, is quite hard sometimes. Mm -hmm. And there's, there's, you almost never get a win. Um, You, you work in some terrible situations where, you have powerful people, mm-hmm. you know, um, attacking other folks, uh, you know, uh, or, or and and you have uh, terrible violence uh, from one group to another, um, you know, and it's usually around uh, access to natural resources or land or power, and you, you know, geopolitics gets involved, and they can be very intractable. And, mm-hmm. and terrible situations. And as a humanitarian, your job is to save lives and get people back on their feet and eventually get them home, mm-hmm. you know, when they can. So you, <laughs> every day you wake up and you're in a bad situation and there's not a lot that one person can necessarily do, uh, mm-hmm. but you do your best. And so that's, you know, that's, um, I think in a lot of ways, that's the kind of person that I am. And, and I don't, I don't know that I get easily discouraged. Okay. Um, you know, I certainly have my ups and downs, don't I? Um, but uh, but head shaking but, from Tom, <laughs> right? But do, do, but you see what I mean? It, yeah. It's just because something is hard, that doesn't mean you, mm-hmm. you you shouldn't do it. You you just have to figure out what I said at the beginning. You have to figure out what you're doing, and be clear eyed about that, mm-hmm. and move forward. I think with confidence about your about your goal, and do it with strength and purpose and integrity, mm-hmm. and you should be fine. I would add, I concur, in that having really being a gay activist for mm-hmm. quite some time now. It's that arc of moving the ball down the field. And, you know, you work and you work and you work and you try to get something, you know, a piece of legislation passed. Well, you might not get it all the way over the line, but you got more support. Mm-hmm. And I think we've always looked at it that way. Now, when we got marriage, that was a big deal. Mm. That was a big win. And yet still you can be fired in Ohio. You can. When you get the married. United States. You can be, you can get married on the Saturday and get fired on a Monday, like they say. So there's still work to be done, 
but you look you, you you look back and you go my gosh it's gotten so much better okay and i look we kind of i i think we both agree and look at this with the current political situation and that is there's some grim stuff mm-hmm. right but you can see some wins out there you can see people waking up and i feel like this campaign woke a lot of people up it allowed people to engage this campaign being Rick's That's or the Rick's midterms? Campaign. Okay. And, but no, the whole midterms, yeah. Okay. Midterms, yeah. I, I would say that, and we've seen the last two years, Donald Trump woke people up, mm-hmm. okay? And he, he represents a set of values. Love them or hate them. Mm-hmm. He represents a set of values. And folks have to decide, who am I? What mm-hmm. do I believe in? And what the heck am I going to do? Mm-hmm. And we got to be a part of that in a very significant way. Our whole family got to be a part of that. And, and it that, was very satisfying. When you say whole family, you don't mean just the two of you and the girls. I would say our extended family as well. Rick's mom <laughs> was making, sitting at home in Florida, making calls for him. Mm-hmm. Hundreds Calling voters in my of district. calls and saying, I'm Rick's mom and I would like you to vote for him. <laughs> and my parents, my mm-hmm. mom, I mean, my mom and dad, they were amazing. Just, just like... What can we do to help? And I would say that's one of the most awesome things when you when you set a big goal and you really ask for help and you put it out there. And the people the people who help you, because mm-hmm. they're not just helping, and realize they're helping themselves too, because we're working for something bigger. But it is an, an, an amazing feeling. And I was at some of those events with your parents, yeah. uh, who I admire greatly. And it's heartening to see families... Because it's so easy to feel like I'm tackling a problem alone. And one of the things I really appreciated was Rick chose to run, and the family chose to run, and the extended family chose to run. And you really were your own support system along with a lot of people in the community. And it was encouraging to watch. (laughs) If you could, we're coming to the end of this segment, but say a couple Mm -hmm. of words about how it felt to see that support. Well, it felt great. And the the thing is, too, is that that was one of the reasons why I got into the race also is because coming out of the 2016 elections, there was tremendous energy and anxiety about what was happening. And there were people stepping up and trying to figure out a way to get involved in politics that never had. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, a, a lot of um, a lot of the friends that we made were uh, suburban moms around mm-hmm. our age mm-hmm. who had never been involved in politics, but were just were so alarmed mm-hmm. and worried and upset by what they saw that they were out th- that people were just getting together. The indivisible movement, mm-hmm. you know, in this country is, has brought a lot of those folks together, and that's where I started. I started going to those meetings, and I saw the opportunities and the need, and so. You know, that I think the family has been a part of that. And so there's been a lot of folks, um, you know, here in Ohio and across the country who have started to, to, to figure out how, you know, to, to see what they can do. And it's great to mm-hmm. be a part of that. Um, so I feel like I'm more a part of that mm-hmm. than anything else. After break, I want to talk about Tom, your family, because I know them more than I know Rick's, were Republicans. And so supporting you meant that many of your family members have had a bit of a journey also. Sure. So we will be right back. Again, to our listeners, I encourage you to think about, again, what are the stretches and what support systems do you have that will give you the courage and the ability to take that next step forward, even if the first step isn't considered a success? We'll be right back with Tom and Rick. 
from the boardroom to you. Voice America Business Network. Metcalf & Associates is your trusted partner to create perpetual innovation and evolution in your leadership and business. Are you ready to innovate and evolve? Since its inception, Metcalf & Associates has been dedicated to helping leaders evolve their leadership mindset and skills and create organizations that can continually innovate to achieve results in a highly competitive and rapidly changing environment. We help leaders, management teams, and organizations identify and create the perpetual capacity to identify and implement transformative solutions necessary to meet their mission and create strategic advantage. Metcalf & Associates offers proven results backed by leading-edge research and a global network of accomplished consultants and thought leaders. Visit Metcalf-Associates.com. Maureen and her associates are ready to discuss your needs and tailor a solution to meet your goals. Move forward with Metcalf & Associates. Visit Metcalf-Associates.com today. Bob Pritchard has over 30 years of experience as a straight-talking business consultant and author working with some of the top Fortune 500 companies. Now he's come to the Voice America Business Channel to help you and your business. Tune in to the Bob Pritchard Radio Show for information about starting and successfully running a profitable business. From the movers and shakers to great marketing screw-ups, you can't afford to miss a single edition of the Bob Pritchard Radio Show, Tuesdays at 5 p.m. Pacific, 8 p.m. Eastern on Voice America Business. Your favorite Voice America Talk Radio Network shows and hosts are in your car, outdoors, and wherever you need them to be. Listen anywhere. Get our mobile app for iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android at the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. Voice America Business Network, the bottom line in business. You are listening to Innovative Leaders Driving Thriving Organizations. To reach Maureen Metcalf or her guest today, please call 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. Or send an email to info at metcalf-associates.com. Now, back to this week's program. Welcome back to Innovative Leaders Driving Thriving Organizations. We are with Rick Neal and Tom Grody, and we were talking about this family support. And for our listeners beyond Tom and Rick's story, the invitation for all of us to think about what are those big goals? What are the things in the world that we want to go after and impact? And for listeners who don't know the story of these two incredibly courageous men, this journey, it's easy to look at other people's journey and think, well, yeah, not a big deal. Um, You came out, you started an organization, and here you are. (laughs) Not, Not quite so easy. So give us a couple minutes about that, and then I want to link that to how does it fulfill this yes fulfills some of your earlier dreams that have taken you a decade to realize. Okay, and you want me to talk about these Republicans, family members mm-hmm. too, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> We're not outing people. We're not bashing. But, but just to share a little bit of the depth of this commitment. I think there's two parts to it. One is, again, this era of, of, of Trump, frankly, has polarized um, families, mm-hmm. communities, <laughs> and it's, it's just 
it's devastating, really. Mm. And actually, within our own family, there's some polarization. And Rick running for office, it really provided an opportunity to people for folks to decide what was really important to them Mm -hmm. and what was more important to them. And to be honest, certain folks made different decisions. Oh, really? And it was it was rather difficult. Mm -hmm. But when it came to my parents, my father in particular Mm -hmm. uh, had always been a Republican and just had the hardest time trying to vote for for a Democrat. But over time, he he's done these value checks on where he mm-hmm. really is, and he found he really mm-hmm. discovered that the values that Rick was putting forward in his campaign aligned very much with what he believed in, and I think he was very proud mm-hmm. to support Rick. And I can't tell you how much that meant. Thank you for sharing that again. It, just as we think about the difficult choices that we make, really do impact our broader family, our bigger support system. And for many people, that's, that is their grounding. And you were an example of inviting and encouraging and probably also hurt. And that will be future work. <laughs> so let's move on to the more positive, though. And for our listeners, just reminding us that sometimes these courageous stands really do have a very personal and heartbreaking cost. And on the positive side, early dreams fulfilled. And I'm pointing to Tom because I was there when you started Equality Ohio. And I know some of the dreams you had. And this election helped make those a reality. Yeah, I would say uh, so. You know, as I said, I had some pretty difficult dark moments in my life trying to come to terms with uh, who I am. And I'm, I had to make some choices, and I, I made some good choices. And that was, how can I deal with this, and how can I actually maybe help others through the process? Mm-hmm. And here I am today. Our family was, we had a, quite a bit of money behind ads playing throughout the district with our whole family, and a lot of folks saw that. And here we are, we live on a, on a busy street uh, with our pride flag flying, married, Mm-hmm. with two beautiful children, and I never, ever thought I could have this life. It, it was beyond my dreams. Mm-hmm. And here I am living it. And I, I just can't, I, I still can't believe I pinch myself. So mm-hmm. I'm, I'm kind of coming off of this with a real realization of how powerful it is to live authentically, mm-hmm. to be who you are, um, to stand up. Mm-hmm. And it does make a difference over time, and mm-hmm. it affects so many around you. And the more you do it, and you do it in different places, the mm-hmm. more it affects others. Mm-hmm. You know, I because we all live in the same community, people would come up and say, did you see their ad? <laughs> and it was, <laughs> the one I remember was um, you guys making breakfast. Mm, yeah. Just living a life that most people can relate to. You get up, you do your hair in the morning, you get the kids dressed, yeah. you make pancakes, and off everyone goes to school and work. It's Your life, in some ways, is, is very average. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Probably other ways very not average. <laughs> but there are parts that are so easy to relate to, and... Tom, to your point, that you would be able to adopt children, the two of you would be married, and that you wouldn't have to live behind walls 
to protect you from people who didn't approve. Exactly. So what does this open up for your future? Well, I think, again, the, the main point is to uh, keep your eye on the ball uh, mm-hmm. and keep, uh, keep focused on what's going to help people and how are we going to deal with uh, the threats to our democracy and to, our, and to global peace and prosperity that we're seeing in the, the current administration. Now, we're just sitting here in Columbus, Ohio. You know, we're just a couple people like, mm-hmm. you know, we have limited <laughs> ability to deal with those very, very large mm-hmm. issues. Mm-hmm. But it but that's. I mean, I, I just think that that's where sort of the overall focus has to be. You know, there are other critical uh, global challenges, climate change in particular, mm-hmm. the global economic system, uh, inequality, a lot of things. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. Uh, it just dealing with this current political crisis seems to be really important. So running a, a strong race mm-hmm. uh, for Congress here, you know, I think I did a, um, I did a decent job. I didn't. Uh, <laughs> I didn't uh, embarrass myself. I didn't. Uh, I didn't screw up too badly. I didn't. I don't think I said anything too dumb. And so, you know, people. The sense is, is that I should keep going, and so we'll see. Um, mm-hmm. You know, you don't. You don't know, but it, it's uh, getting involved in politics seems to be a way to make a difference and to help people. Mm-hmm. And uh, so that's ho- hopefully we can. Now that I put myself out mm-hmm. there. There seems to be an opportunity to keep doing that. So while Rick's changing the world in politics, what's next for you? So my family is just about ready to open um, an innovation center called The Edge. Okay. um, And it will be focused on disrupting the food industry. So most of our business are around food Mm -hmm. manufacturing and retail. So we've got a couple startup businesses in there now. But it's not fully open. Okay. But we expect to do a lot of programming around innovation in the food industry. Mm. Um, and, yeah, I'm really looking forward to it. So what does it mean disrupting the food industry? Well, it's disrupting. Well, everything's disrupting, right? right yeah. Everything. At, at this point in time, everything is. And yet, other than GMO, what's disrupting in food? Well, the way food's prepared. Okay. Uh, distributed. Okay. I think health uh, health and nutrition. Mm-hmm. Just uh, there's so many different things. We have a 3D printing company, uh, and that's curious. Yeah. So that means I can buy a 3D printer, buy some ingredients, and I don't have to cook it, or it well, prints out we'll myself see. to stick it in the oven. We'll see. What it means is we're working a lot on personalized nutrition. Okay. That is that we will be able to find out through DNA testing mm-hmm. and through gut health testing. What is the perfect nutrition for you? And this 3D food printer will print that. And it will even be tasty? Or am well, I just going to get the old Jetsons, they'll, some pills it, will pop out and I just... It's gonna, no, it'll be tasty. <laughs> <laughs> it'll have to be tasty, right? <laughs> so that's a big part of it, of course. So this has to do with significant then testing also. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. It's a startup. So you know how startups are. But uh, that's the idea is we're just looking at uh, innovative ideas to bring mm-hmm. into our innovation center that really will help our existing businesses as well. Okay. I'm thinking of the P3 medicine where I would, and I'm going to get the, the terms wrong, but basically my, have my genome sequenced, understand where I have propensities, take ownership of what I do with my life, and increase the probability of my health. Absolutely. It'll also help you figure out what you should eat. Okay, so yeah. not not just the exercise in that regimen, but... What's best for you? What diet is best for you? 
That sounds really exciting, and I'm going to stop by the center soon. Sounds great. We haven't talked about your work with Green Biologics. I mean, for 10 years, I mean, for almost the entire time that we've been together, you, Tom, took an idea and grew it into this this global company that's trying to do something that's never been done before, you know, make this chemical from renewable resources instead of petroleum. I mean, for crying out loud. You know, and you said <laughs> yes to that for a long time, which was hard. That was and, again global travel, right? Right. A and lot. It, and it, yeah, and it was and it was it was hard, but it was it was always clear to me what we were mm-hmm. doing and why it was worth it. So yeah, we say yes. You know, I love that as the closing statement. We say yes to things that make sense in the bigger picture that are aligned with our values. Mm -hmm. If I asked you to do something else, you wouldn't say yes. Correct. Yeah, wouldn't be of any interest. No. So we say yes, and we make an impact. So on that note, we're going to close the interview. I want to thank our listeners, and I want to thank Tom and Rick for sharing their story and for the work they have both done to make our world better in their own separate ways, given their own separate skills and abilities and passions, and invite our listeners, especially this is aired during the holiday season, to really again consider what is it you're passionate about? Where are you making the biggest difference in your life? And what does that say about you? What are you saying yes to? And what are you saying no to, to make room for what you say yes to? I would love to hear your feedback. Either email me, info at metcalf-associates.com, or Facebook, Innovative Leaders Driving Thriving Organizations. We love your feedback. Thank you. Thank you again for joining us this week. Please tune in for another edition of Innovative Leaders Driving Thriving Organizations with Maureen Metcalf next Tuesday at 11 a.m. Pacific Time, 2 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel. We hope you'll join us then. Drive and thrive and have a great week.